Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. And so the title of today's message is called You Will See. You Will See. Um, and yeah, this is this message really was put on my heart this week as I was seeing a lot of God's faithfulness in our own life um, just unraveling recently. And it's always unraveling. We always see it, right, At the, in a sense. But there's seasons where you feel like you don't see it for a long time or seasons where you just feel like, I don't see it. And I was really encouraged by God showing me this week, like, hey, do you see? And I'm like, whoa, you know what, God, I do. And so what am I all saying right now? Well, you will see <laughs> as I share today's message. And so let me ask you this. Has there ever been a season where you began to doubt that God would do for you what you felt he said he would do in your life? Maybe at one time you felt God spoke to you specifically, or maybe you received a prophetic word. Someone prayed over you, or you just you just had this word that God spoke in your life. Or maybe you had a dream about something special that you believed God was going to do for you. Whatever it is, maybe God whispered to you, you felt it, you knew it, your grandma told you, I don't know. But maybe there's just this word, this promise you've been holding on to. Maybe you've been dealing, I'm sorry, maybe you've been believing his promise to provide a stable income for your family. Maybe a new home, a new car, a restored and healthier marriage. Maybe you've been believing to find a godly husband. Maybe you've been believing for one of your children to find the Lord. Or maybe a family member to find Jesus and freedom. Maybe for the blessing of adding more children to your family, a new career, maybe healing in your body, maybe victory over anxiety and depression. The list can go on and on. But what is it for you that you've been believing praying desperately for, hoping and longing for God to do? What is that promise you felt like God whispered to your heart? Has doubt hit you in the face, giving you every reason to give up hope? Maybe the doubts have become louder and louder recently. Are they screaming at you, telling you, hey, you're not worthy of this promise. You haven't been a good enough Christian. It's all your fault. Did God really say that? Blah, blah, blah. Maybe he's saying it's too late. You're too old. You didn't hear God right. Maybe God's mad at you. Maybe you're the problem. On and on and on. But I really believe today that God wants to tell you, you will see. You will see God's promises come to pass and nothing can stand in the way of his will, his plans, and his love for you. One thing I've learned over the years about God is this, and it's simple. He is faithful. It is so simple, but I'm telling you it is true. Like every single time I would begin to doubt and worry, every single time, I always end up regretting it eventually. I would regret it because as time passed and God would come through, he, I to look back and realize he always came through. He never failed us. He never abandoned us. And he always provided. God never fails. I hated to look back and I hate to look back at the 
the days, the weeks, the months that I would spend worrying about this certain thing. And then one day God just makes it happen. He turns it around. He makes it beautiful. And I look back, I'm like, man, I literally could have just been living in a, in a sense of joy and peace instead of constant worry if I would have just believed that God is faithful. I also learned that God's ways of bringing his promises to pass are not typically in the way that we always imagine, right? He does it in his own perfect way. And it's our job to simply let go and trust, which is extremely hard. But know that God always gets the job done in a better way than we could plan it out. You will see. And so today we're going to talk about three points. The first one is sorry I doubted. The second one is keep believing. And the last one is God is faithful and able. So let's talk about our first one. Sorry I doubted. You know, I've noticed at the times that I have doubted God and his ability to come through. It has always been paired with a side of guilt. Like I want to have faith in God, but sometimes I doubt and then I feel guilty for doubting. And then it becomes this vicious cycle of faith, doubt, and guilt. But I want you to know that everyone has moments and even seasons of doubt because we are all human. And you know what? God knows that. Okay. We are afraid to be disappointed because, well, life has shown us many disappointments. We're afraid to get our hopes up because there have been many times our hopes have been crushed. So it makes sense to almost be afraid to truly trust God to do these impossible things in our life to bring about his promises. Many of us, many Christians these days have become weighed down Christians. Living and loving Jesus, yeah, but no longer having faith for his miracles and promises. They love God. Maybe they go to church. Maybe they read their Bible, all that good stuff. They have a relation with God. They love him. But yet so many of us have abandoned our faith in the promises of God. Aside from salvation in Jesus, which is the most obvious and most important promise that God gave us, right? Yes. If it was nothing else that he gave us besides eternal life in heaven with him forever because he loves us so much, then hey, I'm good. But at the end of the day, the truth is, whether you want to believe it or not, God has more for you than that here on this earth. He has promises for you more than that, even though he doesn't owe us anything else. But so many of us are just walking around as Christians. I love God. Yes, we have a tattoo of God if you want. I don't know or not because we don't believe in him. And but we're walking around. But yet we have abandoned our faith in the greater and the promises and the purposes of God for our life. You know, you get what I'm saying. But God has so much more for us in this life. Yes, the most important thing, like I said, is to put faith in what Jesus did for you on the cross and the internal life he died to give you. That is the only thing that matters. But God also cares about your daily life here on earth. And he also has other miracles and promises he wants to give you. I know that life circumstances have often convinced you of why you should doubt. But I pray that today God would convince you of why you should believe again and have crazy faith and trust him. And I'm going to read two short little stories um, of the Bible that really made me think of this. You're not the only one who's doubted. There's powerful men of God in the Bible who straight up doubted God. And he still came through and showed him why they should believe. In Mark 9, 21 through 24, it's this father. It's a father, a man of God. He's going to Jesus. Jesus is walking around healing people. He goes up to Jesus and says, come 
and heal my boy. He is uh, possessed by a demon that's tormenting him. And so it starts here in, in Mark uh, 921. And it says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He, rep- he replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. How many times have you said, God, I do believe you can heal me. I do believe you can save my marriage. I do believe you can give me another child that I'm praying for. I do believe that you can save my family who is in the darkest season of their life. I do believe, but geez, help me overcome my unbelief. How many times have you prayed, hey God, if you can, like, can you please, like, I don't know, like if you can. And God is like, what do you mean if I can Imagine today him saying, what do you mean if I can? He says, anything is possible if a person believes. But I love this, this father's heart. He was so genuine and he just cried out to God and says, God, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Did you know you can go to God with your unbelief, with your doubt? You don't have to coward in fear, afraid to come to God and say, sometimes we're afraid because we feel guilty. Like, God, I'm sorry. I doubted you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Or you just hide your face from him. But instead say, you know what, God, I have these doubts here. Like, help me overcome this unbelief because it's tripping me up. Go to him with that. And the rest of the story goes on. I didn't include it all here. He heals the boy. He is set free. He is whole. He is healed because the father believed and God helped him. I could go on and on, but I feel like that was just so powerful. Um, and so the second story is John 20, 24 through 29. And it says one of the 12 disciples, Thomas nicknamed the twin was not with the others when Jesus came. So here's a real quick, Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead And he walked around for those, if you don't know, after he died on the cross and rose from that, he walked around on earth for a little while and then went back up to heaven. And so his disciples saw him again, even though before he died on the cross, he told his disciples, hey, just so you know, I'm going to die on the cross. But three days later, I will rise again. He told them plain and simple. But I mean, that's even though it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's what I should expect. It's also like, dude, that's crazy. Imagine. So when Jesus died on the cross and then he wasn't in the tomb and then he rose again, they still were like doubting. Like where, where they were like, where is Jesus? Uh, hello. Jesus said, I rose again, but they doubted like, no, I mean, he's not here. They were crying for him morning, thinking someone stole him. And so this is what just happened. And so Jesus saw some of the other disciples, but listen to this. So one of the 12 disciples, Thomas was not with the others when Jesus came. So when Jesus came back, they saw him, but Thomas wasn't there. So he didn't see him at the beginning. And they told him, hey, we saw the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my finger into them and place my hand in the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. He just appeared like, hey, what's up? And he said, peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, and he looked right at him, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in this wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. 
my Lord and my God. Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. What a powerful story, dude. Like Thomas was with Jesus, walked with him, knew that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to rise again, but still doubted and said, I'm not going to believe unless I see. And Jesus had mercy and said, hey, Thomas, he's with, he shows up, sees all the disciples and looks straight at Thomas, the one who was filled with doubt and said, here you go. This is what you're looking for. Feel it, touch it. It is me. I am Jesus. And what I said I would do, raised from the dead, I have done. God is faithful to his promises. He promised to raise uh, he promised that he was going to be raised from the dead by the power of God. And he did. And Thomas still doubted. How many times have we been Thomas? How many times have we doubted what God is going to do? I have time and time again. Okay. You're not the only one, but I love at the end. He says he had mercy and still gave him proof, but he ends with saying, here's the proof he needed. Okay, Thomas, me and you're good. But then he says, Hey, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. Do you believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do even without seeing the circumstances change, without seeing the facts, without, without seeing the plan, without seeing how, without seeing what? Do you believe that he's going to do it even without all of the proof? Because he says those who do believe, even without all of that, are blessed. And so, sorry I doubted, right? How many times have we doubted? I have. But God is merciful and he always comes through. Let's move on to uh, keep believing. Our second point is keep believing. And so in Romans 4, 18 through 21, I'm going to start with this. Many of you may have heard the story of Abraham and Sarah conceiving a child, all this stuff. Many times, maybe you haven't. But it's, it's one that most a lot of people talk about, a lot of preachers preach about. But man, it's so powerful. And so I feel like it really gave us more understanding on this topic. So it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. He pointed to the stars and showed Abraham, you see all those stars? That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I mean, dude, Abraham, like that's goals right there. Like faith goals. Like what? Like even when you were 100 years old, you didn't doubt that God would do what he promised. He told him you will have a son. You know, imagine everything around you going wrong. And yet you're still just like, oh, that's crazy. But yeah, God's definitely going to come through. Just wait and see. I mean, imagine that. That's what Abraham did. How did he have such an, how do you think that Abraham had such unshakable faith? How do you think he was able to stand there, see everything not going as planned? I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, God's going to do it, dude. Like what, what are you talking about? And as I really think about it, I truly believe it's not just because God's, God promised him he would be a father of many nations and have a son. I don't think that his faith was unshakable because God spoke a promise to him. So catch this. I think it was more because he intimately knew God. 
He knew God's character. He knew his ways and he trusted God to his core. The more that you know someone, right, the more you grow to trust them and their integrity to their promises. You you learn to trust by their actions, whether they follow through, who they are, what kind of integrity they have or opposite, right? And I believe that he held on more to the fact that he knew God and he knew God could be trusted rather than the simple spoken promise. Does that make sense? How many times do we hold on to the hope to the hopeful promise for this or for that, but not onto God himself. We get fixated on our circumstances, our doubts, and we begin to even get mad at God for not doing what we want when we want and we lose sight of God himself. We get it all twisted sometimes. But what if God is asking you for a moment to surrender the very thing you're believing for? Ooh, doesn't that feel uncomfortable? What if God is saying, Are you willing to surrender the very promise that you are believing me for? The promise I gave you, the promise that you're longing for. What if he's asking you, what if it doesn't happen? Will your faith and worship still be in me? Honestly, ask you, ask yourself that very question. Does God have our heart with or without the promises? You know, maybe it's time to take a moment to evaluate where our heart is and ensure it's more so on God than the promise itself. You know, take time to truly pursue Jesus in this season, your relationship with him over simply trying to manifest the promises of God with daily declarations and positive thinking, right? But at the end of the day, at the end of it all, I want you to know this though, God's fatherly heart longs to fulfill his promises over your life. He loves you and he enjoys seeing your heart light up when he comes through for you. In the same way we rejoice when our child has a fulfilled desire given to them by our hands, whatever that is. You know, hey, at the end of the week, I'm taking you to ice cream. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday comes by. Friday is there. Are we going for ice cream? You bet. You go and they're just lit up with the sprinkles, with everything. You're sitting there and they're just glowing because... You came through on your promises. You know, he enjoys seeing that happen in your life. But he wants to make sure that your heart is with him and for him no matter what he gives you. He wants only good things for you. He has great plans for you and his promises, they still stand. So I encourage you to keep believing in God and his ability to come through. And I'm going to read... The second part of the story of Abraham, I mean, the story of Abraham, there's so much more than what I'm giving you. So please go read it. Check out Genesis. Romans talks a little bit about it. It goes hard, right? But so we talked about the promise. He was 100 years old. He still hadn't had a son. But the in-between of what I'm sharing, God gave him the son. He started having, uh, he had a son. Many descendants were being born and God was fulfilling his promise. So then God asked him after he had the promise if he was willing to surrender it. And it starts here in Genesis 22, 9 through 17. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac. So God asked him, are you willing to sacrifice your son? Why would God promise him a son Give him a son after all this waiting and then say, are you willing to sacrifice him? That makes no sense. Like, why would God give his hopes up, promise, and then say, okay, kill your son? For me, 
Okay, so there's more to the story. I don't know, but let's see. So he goes, he builds an altar, then he ties his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife. I mean, Abraham was that obedient to God because he trusted God so much. So he picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied. Here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. The stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. Dude, there's so much to that story that I could like talk about and and dissect. But do you catch it? That... God promised it to him. He waited. He trusted. He believed. God gave him the promise. And then years later, he said, are you willing to sacrifice it? Why would God do that? Well, I don't know. But are you catching the obedience that Abraham had towards God? And he didn't question God. Like, why are you doing this, God? This makes no sense. Of course not. Like, ew, I'm so over God, like making me sacrifice. I'm not going to do that. No, he said, okay, God, I trust that your ways are higher and that you have a plan. So he went and took them. And then at the end of it, God said, don't do it. Now I know for certain that your heart is for me, that you trust me, that you fear me. And you know what? Now I'm going to bless you even more, man. I'm going to bless you with more than you can imagine. Keep believing. And when God tells you and asks you to do crazy things, just know that you can trust him and that he's always got your back. Is your heart for him? in this season. And in Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Keep believing. And let's end with our last point, And that is God is faithful and able. In Psalms 126, 4 through 6, it says, restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They will weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This verse is also amazing. And so, you know, I really felt this verse really heavy on my heart for y'all tonight. When I was writing it, it's like I stopped and I just felt this like heaviness of, I'm trying to articulate, but all I know is I felt like God wanted you to really hear this word, specifically the scripture, for you tonight. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed and they sing as they return with the harvest. Believe me when I say that God has captured all of your tears. He has seen every disappointment. He saw you when your hopes have been crushed. He knows the promises that others have broke. He knows you have cried and prayed and been on your knees before God begging him to come through. And tonight I really want you to really believe this verse for your life. All of those tears you've cried have not gone in vain. In fact, they have been planted. And I know for a long time you haven't seen anything sprout or bloom or grow, but I believe very soon that you will see the harvest. You will now be filled with shouts of joy instead of mourning. You will hold the promises that you once sobbed for. 
Why? Because God is faithful and able to do what he promised. And see, look what this scripture says. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Hebrews 10, 23. So can you say it with me, wherever you're at, in your head, in your heart, in your mind, say, God is faithful. God is able. God will do what he promised for me and my family. So let go of your doubts. Keep believing because soon you will see the faithfulness of God. In Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, it says, but forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is asking you, do do you not see it? Look around right now. I am doing something new and I'm going to make a way where there is no way. God is faithful. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.